five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier podcast covering the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually by Jordan at Sir Dr. Jam, host of the One Man Watchpoint podcast, not joined with this regular episode by Omni at Omni Strife. We thought he might be here. We had presumed he would be, but uh, he did let us know that uh, he has uh, some prior engagements and uh, as a result had to had to step away. So that makes sense. It's uh, another, uh, you know, two man show. Uh, you know, I think Omni's bailing us. Maybe he's a little upset about everything that we said two weeks yeah, ago. He's, uh, he's taking that's it out what on it is? us now. Hey. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't here for the bonus episode. Mm-hmm. It was just you and I. Here we are two weeks later, just you and I. Uh, we have an interview lined up. Uh, you'll get to hear it uh, shortly. It's just you and That's I. You know, maybe maybe it's just his. He's he's too polite to say he's he's on strike or something. Like, is this job action? Like, is he finally got fed up that that check that I have mailed to him multiple times? I, you know, I was about to say maybe he's just been waiting at the mailbox this whole time. That's why he he keeps messaging oh, us with, with you know whatever reason, but really he's just, he's got a lawn chair. He's, you know, got a, got a pina colada and he's just sitting in it at the mailbox, hoping to intercept that check. Wait. Yeah. That, that, that paycheck, the, the big money that I've, I've promised him for, right. for years now, uh, you know, big, big money. But, uh, speaking of, uh, big money, uh, we've got a big money guest, uh, joining us a little bit later. Uh, if you happen to tune into our bonus episode, uh, last week, uh, you got to hear us talk to uh, head of the Overwatch League, Sean Miller. Uh, this week, you're going to get to hear us talk to Baroy, the general manager of the Vancouver Titans. And it was a great interview. Uh, you know, behind the scenes here, we recorded it a couple of days ago, uh, but it was a really good conversation. And I think uh, you'll be really engaged by uh, what he has to, to say. We're also going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of the uh Toronto Defiant, uh, their parent organization, the Overwatch World Cup, and uh, just a little bit about what's going on in the rest of the league. So uh, without further ado, why don't we start pushing the payload? Moving the payload! Join me! So since our last regular episode, the Toronto Defiant have added two assistant coaches. Uh, they first announced that uh, No Hill uh, would be joining the team. And uh, just uh, within the last week, also announced that friend of the show, Wheats, is returning to the Overwatch League and will be joining as an assistant coach as well. Um, I have to say, uh, having the team add two assistant coaches is at least without any additional perspective, somewhat surprising. We don't see a lot of teams going with the, the multi-coach role, uh, but uh, both No Hill and Wheats are, are you know, proven, uh, you know, entities within their own right. And, and, you know, if we think about Wheats specifically, yes, he had a tough go here in Vancouver, but we've talked about on the show, we were surprised that he was the coach they chose to, to not run with. Uh, he went and had some success in uh, in Tier 2, and here he is coming back up to Toronto. Uh, but uh, you got any thoughts there, Jordan, on, on the addition of these two? Um, I mean, nothing nothing too exciting. Um, Wheats was, in in my mind, Wheats was the a bit more surprising. Um, from what I understand, the rumors 
were actually that uh, uh, he was going to be sort of leading the charge with the American Tornado crew, and then the players might follow. Um, and, you know, obviously most of the players came across. Um, and so I think that people had kind of just, you know, not necessarily written weeds off, but I think the, the ship, it seemed like the ship had kind of sailed on that. Uh, but here we are, obviously, so that's exciting. Um, I mean, looking at his Liquipedia coaching results and everything like that, uh, he's had, you know, quite the successful career in, uh, in contenders these past couple of years. Um, you know, going all the way back to his stint with Vancouver, um, you know, the, his time with Vancouver was probably the rockiest. Uh, but then from there, um, we have a ton of time. Well, we have lots of time with American Tornado, lots of success. Uh, even more time with Redbird Esports, um, and arguably even more success with them than, uh, than with, uh, American Tornado. Um, so yeah, really, really exciting stuff to hear there. Did you guys ever have him on the show? This would have been long before me, but. Yeah, no. So Wheats, uh, wasn't able to join, uh, the show. Um, long story short, not necessarily no, his decision. Uh, but, uh, he did, um, participate in an RSP, uh, community oh, nice. night. So, um, I mean, this is sort of when we were just a, a, a Titans podcast mm-hmm. primarily, and we had tried to encourage the Vancouver Titans to run community events. Like most other mm-hmm. teams do these things. And there was definitely a, a desire within, you know, Vancouver Titans discord to have sort of community mm-hmm. focus. And that was not something that they seemed at all interested in doing. So, hey, podcast decides to go and do it. And, you know, credit to, to former co-host Sam, uh, Sanjayan, he reached out to, to Wheats and said, hey, we're going to be throwing this. Do you want to take part? And he's like, yeah, no problem. Invite Thanks. me, sign me up. Um, it was really cool because he gave us, you know, he, he was essentially, you know, giving us, uh, you know, candid comments and commentary mm-hmm. about, you know, his career, how things work in the Overwatch League. Um, it was a really good, good time. But like, again, you know, he, he was really much about the, you know, the community and, and really embracing and, you know, based on the few others I've spoken to that have connected and interacted with them, that's nice. the type of person he is. So I think Toronto is in nice. for a treat with him. I, I'm not knocking. No, I, I don't have much insight into, mm-hmm. into him as I do with Wheats. Cause again, there's a Titans mm-hmm. connection there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was, you know, reading, you know, Kazor's tweet about No Hill and he's well, very, very mm-hmm. highly on him. So. Yeah. Um, and no, I mean, I was just, just touching on Wheats first, but No Hill, uh, certainly a, an, probably more of an unexpected one. You know, again, maybe the ship had seemingly sailed on Wheats, but at least I think there was, a connective tissue there. Um, whereas no hill, definitely a little bit more surprising. Um, no hill was, was he not with the Valiant this past season? He, he was, was part of this, um, yeah. so yeah, I mean, certainly if I don't think many people would have made the, um, the, the leap in logic from Valiant to Toronto, but, uh, hopefully a better situation for no hill than what he, Rumor has it he may have experienced with the Valiant um, and what many of their players experienced. Uh, all speculation, of course. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot confirm any of that, but uh, we all know the rumors. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he's in for a treat. Uh, I think he does have, um, you know, a, a good reputation around the league, um, around contenders as well. Uh, contenders Korea for the most part, I believe. Um, but, yeah, overall, just in, in very different ways, almost two very exciting announcements. 
I, you know, I think this is, you know, a clear sign that Toronto is, is definitely in it to win it. Um, we're going to have an opportunity to talk to, to Cazors, um, in the coming weeks. Uh, he'll be joining us so we can ask him, you know, for some further detail into, you know, what his expectations are and, and what have you. And uh, sort of tying into what we're going to talk about next, uh, we have learned that we are going to see a slight pivot in uh, senior leadership uh, that'll be joining us uh, from the, the Defiant to talk a little bit about uh, rest perspective on 2022. And that's because a uh, friend of the show, uh, Adam Adamu, uh, was announced uh, in the last week to become the interim CEO of Overactive Media. That is the parent organization that owns the Toronto Defiant, but also Toronto Ultra and the, the Mad Lions. Uh, the reason uh, for for this is the previous CEO, which I would have been smart to have written down his name. I think it was Chris Overholt. That's if exactly what I was correct. Um, he is moving on to um, another opportunity and uh, the board has appointed Adam interim CEO. Um, you know, I guess for the interim, <laughs> I was going to say for the time being, it's the same thing. I'm curious if, if this interim title is, is a, Hey, let's see what's going on. Or if there's sort of, you know, a broader scheme, I would have loved to have asked Adam these questions if he was still able to join us. But uh, as you can imagine, the, uh, the CEO of a, a broad organization, interim or not, very busy. And obviously if they are looking at finding mm -hmm. someone else to sort of, you know, take over to have Adam slide back into his chief strategy officer uh, role, then, you know, he comes very busy, but I'm sure we'll get Adam on a, on an episode down the road. Uh, he's been very gracious to us in the past and knowing me, I'll continue mm -hmm. to pester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good, good luck, Adam steer the ship. Uh, I think, for the most part, I think we all have faith that uh, you'll be you'll be doing the right thing. So, yeah. Uh, hey, but now that you have like you know CEO powers, if you know you know of a certain podcast you'd like to to further involve mm -hmm. and whatnot, mm -hmm. you know the uh, the phone is always ready by uh, my side. Yes, and Chris will direct you to One Man Watchpoint. Yes, that's exactly what I was. I thought so. I was intimating. Yeah. And then both a connection to the Defiant and the Vancouver Titans uh, is the announcement of uh, who will be involved with the Team Canada's Overwatch World Cup uh, squad. Uh, not the head coach or uh, head coach. That's Danny. But uh, the general manager, that's uh, Chibi or Lena, who uh, you all probably know uh, from both uh, the Toronto Defiant scene as she was a big sport of the Defiant. Uh, originally she now works, uh, as the, I think, uh, player and, player and operation manager, manager for, uh, yeah, something like that in the, for the Vancouver Titans. Uh, she is also a wife of the, the current GM, Broy. Uh, she is, as I said, the GM of Team Canada and then Freya, who is just recently, you know, signed with the Toronto Defiant as a content creator. Uh, she is the social lead for, for Team Canada. I am looking at her account right now, not Freya, sorry, Lennis. And she is player manager and team ops for the Vancouver Titans and sometimes Seattle Surge over on the Call of Duty League, according to her. Twitter oh, profile. I did not so, know that. Uh, yeah, no, and I, I mean, I would not yeah. doubt that part. I mean, based on what we've seen with how. Yeah. yeah, yeah, lots of it. So. You know, I could totally see that uh, mm -hmm. that being the case. Uh, 
Uh, but good, you know, good for them. And uh, obviously, uh, as podcasts go, uh, we have a biased, uh, you know, feeling on who's going to win the Overwatch Absolutely. World Cup. So uh, go Chibi, go Faria, yes. go Danny. Anywho, that's it for the payload. Why don't we go and bring in our special guest? Precision German Engineering. So we're pleased to be joined by the general manager of the Vancouver Titans, uh, Baroy, uh, who was gracious enough to accept an unsolicited invitation via Twitter DM, uh, which, you know, I have to say, you the fact that you accept open DMs kind of caught me by surprise because I, I don't find in the Overwatch League or the Overwatch scene uh, that that happens too too frequently, but again, thanks uh, thanks for taking us up on the invite. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I, honestly, I I've never had a problem with anyone messaging me on Twitter. I do have closed Discord DMs because that gets mm-hmm. annoying, but for some reason, mm-hmm. Twitter isn't as bad. Okay, well, now that you've said it on our show, it's probably just going to be <laughs> nonstop. You know, DMs, check out my VOD, sign me tomorrow, <laughs> uh, all those types of uh, requests. But again, yeah, thank you for for uh, taking us up on the invitation and uh, joining us to talk a little bit about the the Titans. Um, you know, I, I thought we could, uh, you know, start off by getting a, a little background on yourself. I know some of our listeners have been following the competitive scene for some time and are very familiar uh, with your breadth of work, but I'm myself a little curious, um, you know, how did you find your way into esports in the first place? And, you know, what brings you to where you started to where you are today? Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> It's a long story, but uh, a long time ago, I was in university and um, I was bored. So I kind of got into just watching League of Legends a lot. And then uh, I suddenly started winning a lot of money by gambling on League of Legends. Because uh, there was good times. <laughs> um, and then, um, then the whole... There, there was like a whole fantasy esports scene around League of Legends that kind of collapsed with uh, with new regulations in in the US. Uh, and when that collapsed was when Overwatch came out, and um, that was when uh, I realized there was no like stats website for early Overwatch, uh, early competitive Overwatch. So I created my own. Uh, I made Winston Slab and used like um, artificial intelligence to grab data from from boards basically. Uh, because there was no API and there is no API to get mm-hmm. stats for Overwatch. So um, that's what I did do. That's what I still do. And uh, eventually teams like caught wind of it. And then uh, I worked with a, I worked with a lot of teams doing season one of the Overwatch League and then um, kind of as like their provider for statistics for scrims and all of that. And then in season two, I was hired full time by Toronto. I uh, kind of shut down the whole instance lab thing publicly. Uh, and since then, it's, yeah, it's been Toronto, Boston, and now I'm in Vancouver. So uh, that's I, how kind of how I found my way here. Yeah, I, I, I like, you know, how it started. So I was I was in the League of Legends, and I found that I could make a lot of money. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, yeah, I dream, mean, right? it's it was good because like uh I was I was really heavily into um watching Korean League of Legends so I got really knowledgeable mm-hmm. about uh yeah. just Korean League of Legends and uh, I I've always had a passion for statistics and all of that so I uh, one day I put like $50 in this fantasy esports website and then in a matter of like a few months I had 
a lot more dollars than 50 and uh, <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> it's uh, i guess i guess you can make money with that and then yeah. i yeah i mean i don't know i don't know how it all happened it was just boredom in university honestly and it's just kind of fell into this whole scene it wasn't my plan uh i i eventually dropped out of university to join toronto uh i was supposed to go to japan to study artificial intelligence for my master's and all that well never mm -hmm. happened so <laughs> you know i don't know i don't know what would be if i didn't stumble upon esports but uh, i don't regret being here so no, and you know, if there's one thing that that we've seen is there's always an opportunity to to get back to school. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. You know, when the time time arises, uh, you, you know, you young people these days, so many opportunities <laughs> that that old people like me don't have. Um, but no, it's a it's a you know cool story, and I I myself I was aware of you know your uh, relationship obviously with Winston's lab, and I have sort of seen your journey throughout the throughout the league, going from the defiant to the uprising, now here to to Vancouver. And uh, I thought I'd sort of, you know, ask you about that transition to Vancouver. You joined mid-season last year, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, it came into the the general manager role, um, taking over from uh, Justin Hughes, who had uh, departed, uh, you know, prior to your arrival. What was it like sort of coming in mid-flight to a team that was going through transition? I mean, we yeah. saw a new coach, uh, a few new players and, and what have you. I mean, one thing is that, um, one thing that I realized is that, uh, or that I, I mean, something that, you know, from the start is that if you go in mid season as, uh, as a general manager, there's not really much that you will change from mm -hmm. how the team works at that point. There's some little things that you can do, but basically team culture is set in place. Uh, the way that, the the coaches work with the players is set in place um so there's not much like influence that i would have directly i basically pick up on wherever um the previous gm left and maybe do some small improvements here and there to make sure that it's all rolling a bit better but you don't want to like throw everything away that's been there and then like they put something new in place because that would just disrupt mm -hmm. so uh greatly that like uh, that it would just harm the team. And, uh, at the end of the day, we don't want to harm the team. Um, so it was, it was just kind of, for me coming in mid season, it, it meant just that I, uh, that I did my job, but I didn't have much influence on what's like happening within the team, how, yeah, how the whole structure is set up. But, uh, going into, going into this year, that's obviously different. Like I have a lot more, uh, space to kind of put my, my ideas and of uh, how I want, uh, how I would like this team to be structured, and um, how communication works within the team, and um, all of that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I'm a little bit curious. Like when you came in, uh, you know, last year, was there an idea that you would be here beyond? the year because i you know it was announced that, hey you know Broy's coming back welcome back to, to vancouver i, I can't remember this book the announcement but as as a titans fan has come to sort of expect <laughs> there has been turnover it's very been a tumultuous it's time and so yeah. i mean for me yeah, i would I, hope that i would was here for longer i my contract was mm -hmm. only till the end of the year wow. but i thought to myself if you hire a gm for like half a year that doesn't make sense right so uh, i was yeah. hoping that i would get a that I would get resigned re for the for the 2020 season, but it wasn't ever set in place. Um, 
but fortunately, so, yeah, so, so. <laughs> so kind of, you, you you took somewhat of a yeah, leap, uneducated mean, leap of faith. That's yeah. kind of that's kind of esports in general, right? You just take a risk with whatever you do uh, in this industry, like whatever position you take, it's not ever really safe. So, um, mm-hmm. and I took I took that yeah leap of faith, basically thinking that uh, this is like a position that I'm very interested in. Uh, and I, I would be really interested in building a new team and like trying to create a structure that works and hopefully like kind of revitalize this franchise. Um, so I, I thought it was interesting enough to kind of take that risk. Yeah. Uh, how how long into the off season did you have to wait before you were pen to paper knowing you you had the reins going into twenty twenty three? Well, I so something that you always have to is kind of assume that you will be there because um otherwise like you can't really if you don't like i think i think i never knew until like off season hit and then like maybe uh maybe a week or two i actually don't know when i uh, actually signed it but the thing is that you always have to assume that you're going to be resigned and you always because if you don't mm-hmm. assume that you're going to mm-hmm. be there then you're not going to work and if you're not going to work then you don't have any value for the team right so yeah. um i actually started working on trying to get the new team in place way before off season started and right before i knew that i was going to be um under contract uh but like if you don't do that then again you don't have value for the team and sometimes it like uh, you'll get stabbed in the back, if you will. And uh, yeah. that, that kind of happened when I was in Toronto in 2021, where like I still mm-hmm. worked for the upcoming season, but then I got let go like um, if, like a week before Christmas or something, hmm. yeah. where like we already did the prep work for next season. But like if I if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't feel like, good about myself. So it, it sucks at mm-hmm. the moment where that happens. It sucks for me, but... Uh, if I if I hadn't like done the work, it's the same for Vancouver. If I hadn't done the work, then I, I would kind of feel weird about myself. Like, no, understood. And I sort of I was you'd answered the follow up uh, that I was going to ask is that uh, in you know in Toronto you had been building a roster, putting a team together, putting in the legwork, and then <laughs> yeah. change. And so that's why I was curious. You know, it seemed not similar, but being that you came in at this leap of faith. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm glad that that leap has, has worked out well and, and into your favor. Um, you know, specifically though, with the roster, I mean, we, we've obviously some, seen some change with uh, only Aspire as the, the returning player from last season. Um, and uh, a collection of players, some of which you know quite well from your previous uh, role in Boston. Um, when did you start, you know, that work to, to sort of specifically identify those players? Like, was it like the moment uh, the season was over? Was it, it before was, that? It was for, for me, I started looking, heavily looking into players and uh, uh, coaching stuff basically a week after our last match ended. Um, and our last match was like a month before grand finals, I think. Uh, so it was, it was way before the season was over. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to players where I was allowed to, um, got like approval from like other GMs and all of that just to kind of get an idea of who is, uh, who's willing to come, what kind of people they are and, um, trying to like get a foot in as early as possible because if there's something I learned, then 
it's that you don't want to be late because if you're late, then all your options A, B, and C fall through and then you're stuck with something that you didn't actually want. Um, mm -hmm. so we actually did, like, I put in a lot of work beforehand, but then the whole, uh, the whole delay of the, of the off season, uh, signing window. Yeah. Of the signing window kind of hit yeah. us, which was unfortunate, but, yeah. um, fortunately we, uh, we were still coming out okay at the end of it. So now, yeah, we had, uh, had an opportunity to talk to Sean Miller, um, in our, our, our sort of bonus episode last week. And that was a question we'd asked them like, you know, how much did what we sort of see with the, the partnership with Nettie's, you know, and create some, some turbulence, I think is what we would mm -hmm. call it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, we on the outside looking at what was happening, saw that. And we did also see someone like pre who, you know, I think vocalized like, Hey, this wish we would have gotten more notice. Cause I think he had said, it's like, you were informed of the change, like, within a day or something like it was a yeah. quick decision. Um, but you had mentioned you sort of had a list that you still were able to yeah. get the names you were, you were looking at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we obviously like <laughs> we, we had like players, we talked to players. Uh, you can talk to them before the off season hits as long as, as other GMs are allowing you to, right. Uh, before mm -hmm. signing window hits as well. So um, we kind of had, uh, more or less verbal kind of agreements with what we wanted to do once the signing window hits and then um, see if we can sign contracts like as soon as possible. Um, so when the delay came in, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, a time of hopefully no one's going to go away, you know, uh, hopefully no one's going to leave for some team that has more money, but didn't do any work yet. Uh, <laughs> and now they have like two weeks extra, but I think fortunately we were able to, uh, yeah, come out of it. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and, you know, we, as a podcast may have shared a possible signing in the past of agilities coming to Vancouver. And then word has it that uh, another team had made an offer. Unfortunately for agilities, it was the Los Angeles Valiant who then <laughs> made a change them themselves and in, in what have you. And, you know, obviously, this event much different than all of that had happened, yeah. but I, I can't imagine what it would be like from both sides, both as sort of a player ex have some expectations and suddenly things change to as a team have some expectations, things change. And oh my goodness, yeah. we have to reset and, you know, reposition. I think, I think it's way harder on the players. Like for me, of course there was some anxiety, but uh, at the end, I'm, I'm not the one who might lose out on, on pay, right? Uh, especially if you're a mm -hmm. player, I can like, I would be a lot more afraid of what's going to happen. And I think that they will hit the hardest, especially with all the new, like, regulations that came in, like the, uh, the, the East region basically, like, somewhat collapsing because of the whole NetEast deal. Uh, it, it didn't, like, that didn't do any favor to North American and European players, um, because mm -hmm. now all these superstars are coming into kind of, uh, the West region. And it means that players here don't get jobs. The same with the 17 year old, um, regulation change that like also doesn't help for, doesn't help players that were already established. So like, while it's, mm -hmm. it's a bummer for the team, it's like really, really bad for the players, in my opinion. They also lost out on like a month of pay, even if they got signed. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm I'm curious, just sort of with the you know establishment of a roster and you know identifying players. I mean, what does that look like in on sort of the back office side? And what I mean is that do you have to go to I'm assuming your boss and say, hey, here's here's who I want, here's the budget, here's the cost, have that negotiation take place, or are you sort of provided a a target that you can then work within, and then from there. If need be, you can go back to say, "Hey, I'd like to change this." So it's like, different. It's different like? on every team, um, mm-hmm. because structure in every team is a bit different. But at the at the Titans, um, it's kind of a step by step process where first I kind of present a possible budget uh, that we like could we could work with for the next season, and then say why I why I would need this much money more or less or whatsoever. I kind of get an idea of what ownership uh, wants to do, if they want to spend more, spend less, if they have like certain mm-hmm. expectations competitively, um, then I get an idea of that. So that, uh, and then we'll establish, first of all, like a, a more or less uh, rough budget number of what we want to work with during the season. And that includes like everything from salaries to like accommodations and whatever we are going to cover that year. And mm-hmm. um, once that is done, then I can look at more like, specific things like uh, coaching staff and which kind of players um, we would like to work with. And that also, again, like you said, I would have to go to my boss, get like an approval for that uh, for every single contract. But usually, uh, fortunately, my uh, my boss is like not too hands on with it, and he he trusts me a lot that. As long as I make like reasonable decisions, I think, um, and it's reasonable people that I would like to hire, then he has no problem with it, and things are going through fairly quickly. So um, I'm I'm glad that like because sometimes if the process is delayed, then you might also lose out on players. So fortunately here, mm-hmm. uh, we had a pretty fast setup, and that's something that I talked to uh, my boss about before the whole off season hit that I want things to like happen fast and fortunately we were able to do that and uh sign sign papers as quickly as possible. Has certainly has and, that been you know sorry Chris. Oh no go ahead Jordan. I was gonna say has that been uh a large shift from how either Boston did it or Toronto did it? Uh I mean and Boston, I was never directly part of like sure, that whole uh, roster signing thing, so I can't really talk to it. In Toronto, um, I I was basically uh, doing the same thing at the end of the 2020, 2020, 2020 season for yeah. 2021 because uh, mm-hmm, I was yeah. the only person left. So uh, it was the same. It was the same setup, but there was very different. Where uh, things were kept very vague. Uh, mm. For example, in, in budget, um, it was more of like an idea of oh, we want to be like this competitive, and then right. we were trying to see what we can do and how much we're gonna spend. And it was more of a fluid process and not not as a as strict uh, uh, a thing. And I think there it was also uh, a little bit slower on on the approval side, but. Um, mm. Yeah, that's the only team I can talk to, really. And I don't know how they're working now. I I bet it's probably a bit different. Every team goes through shifts, so, yeah. Of course. (laughs) With the roster that you've you've put together, um, 
obviously you're you're ahead of the uh the march deadline to have the 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 minimum minimum and then the actual season minimum i believe is the the start of the season have you identified a player because as we've learned contracts can be signed announcements can happen months later um or are you sort of allowing yourself some flexibility leading into what the meta might be for instance once the season starts uh so for now we i mean we have our five core players signed so for now we are giving them a lot of trust and we want this core to be like our primary like core that we play with these five players mm-hmm. uh like this whole season is is basically an idea of giving a lot of trust to the players and not necessarily um building on on extra substitutes and trying to fill out matters but trying to develop players if we have faults in our in our uh in our kind of fuel roster that we have to play with but um so for now we are gonna stick with these five and um are not going to sign any sub if at some point during the season we have like too big a gap in, in some certain matters and we might allow us to uh recruit some additional per- personnel but for now again uh, we put all our like all our trust in in these five guys and we try to develop them as much as possible and mm-hmm. uh see hope to yeah see what the meta brings and yeah so uh, you had mentioned that trust in these five not really looking for that substitute but don't you need a, a sixth person <laughs> by the start of the season like well theoretically it, you do but uh, you can also sign your coach as a as a player and then you kind of fill okay. out that league requirement without without having an actual play on on hand gotcha okay so i mean that's functionally what the option could be yeah. i mean i'm not trying to you know pin you into a specific answer but uh, this is a, you know i think this is a question that has come up and i i want to say it was washington last season that might have they might not have been the first but it was the i think the first time it came to light yeah there were a couple the possibility of possibilities that did that and uh, i mean it's a good tool it depends on what you want to do <laughs> if you really want to mm-hmm. save money and uh, if you really want to go like ultra budget then that's something you can do if you if you um want to do something like we do this year then it's an option as well where we are mm-hmm. trying to like not create like too much disruption within the team but like build on again the players we have for Understood. for you personally do you think uh does the world cup come into play at all do you will you guys be keeping an eye on it to maybe gauge some talent you know maybe not for this season but for the future kind of thing yeah usually that's uh, one of those big events that i always keep track of uh i mean overwatch league of obviously and then uh the world cup fortunately now it's back there are some talents that uh, pop out suddenly sometimes so um it's definitely something to keep track of same as contenders um but the world cup of course has like a lot of publicity behind it which is mm-hmm. which is very nice you can actually see people hopefully um compete on LAN. i don't know if that's a plan for this year again but uh, if it is then that's always a nice tool to kind of verify player skill as well because it's it's always a bit different than online yeah. So, yeah, definitely uh, a thing to scout. Nice. A little off the rails. Who are you cheering for in the World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, good question. <laughs> uh, I guess, 
I I would still be cheering for Germany. Uh, I got I I am about to hopefully <laughs> get my PR for Canada, so I'll be here more um, permanently. But uh, I'm still cheering for Germany. Hope that they're doing well. But uh, there's there's obviously uh, this big Korean team that everyone has to look out for. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully Germany qualifies for. I, I mean, I think I don't know if it if it is at BlizzCon or how many teams even qualify, but I hope they qualify for the finals and uh, mm-hmm. make it there. So, <laughs> so hypothetically speaking, yeah. if you know Team Germany faces off against Team Canada, yeah. I, I imagine that's a tense dynamic, right? It's a if tense you're dynamic for the opposition. It's, it's always going to be for Germany for me. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I see. I see two Canadian team jerseys on. Oh, <laughs> back there, but I don't see any Germany jerseys uh, back I there. I mean, so. there, there's no German Overwatch League. And, and for our, our listeners who you know might not be fully aware, um, you know, Baroy is in a unique position where he works within the same organization as as his wife, and yes. his wife happens to be uh, in charge of Team Canada's Overwatch oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, World Cup team. So. It, uh, I, I can imagine the conversations over the, the dinner table, the office table, when Germany and Canada face <laughs> off will, will be interesting. Be tense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a, a big props to her for, for getting the position. Uh, I yeah. think she, she deserves it for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty nice. I think that Canada this year, I mean, with the group they are in, they probably make it to, to the final. If, I, I mean, I don't even know how many teams get out of the group. I don't think that it's been announced. Or I don't even know it yet. But I would assume they, mm-hmm. they're going to make it to uh, whatever event it is, BlizzCon or whatever. And uh, that, would yeah. be, that would be amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm still hoping that Germany would win against them, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm biased. I'm cheering for Canada. I just hope that uh, unlike the last World Cup, Team Canada's main tank doesn't get uh, pulled off to showcase <laughs> the uh, beta of the PvE, the, the, the upcoming title, because that was a very unfortunate timing when XQC uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't yeah. present. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, getting back into, uh, you know, talk about the, the Vancouver Titans, um, a question that we had actually asked your predecessor um, going into this, you know, 5v5 meadow was you have a single tank. Yeah. And some teams choose to have multiple tanks sort of available uh, to accommodate the, you know, different capabilities within each of the individual heroes. Um, and Justin's response to us at that point is like, well, no, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I've got my one tank. And if we ever need to uh, have someone swap in, I turn over to the DPS where I got three and one of them slides in. Um, in fact, he had went as far as say as if anyone was ever sick, DPS is the group that always slides over. Do you hold the same philosophy or, or how might you approach it? Uh, so going into this off season, um, the tank position has always in Overwatch been like one of the most or the, the highest demand and lowest supply positions in, in the mm-hmm. Overwatch League. And what I mean by that is like in terms of skill, like high skill was always an issue uh, in, in the main tank or tank position in general where there, if you look at DPS, there's a lot more options out there to get like a, a decent DPS. But if you want a decent or good tank, then the, you're options are way 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 smaller and it's always been like that and um for us well from for us this season um i think if we hadn't gotten punk as our one tank and 
we firmly believe that he can um, fulfill like uh, all of the heroes that we uh, want him to play. And if he's not like really good at it now, then we hope to develop him or uh, maybe play a meta or play a composition that is more suited to us in, in a certain meta. But I think if we hadn't gotten Punk, then we probably would have uh, gotten two tanks because it. I, I think he was one of the only people that was available um, where we thought that he could fulfill all uh, all worlds, like all he was more or less decently to the mm-hmm. level that we um, expect. So I, I don't really think that you can necessarily just choose a DPS and like slot him into a wall. Uh, unless it's maybe Zarya, maybe you can do that. But um, I think it's it's a lot more complex than nowadays. It's just that you need like at least one person who's either very good at like playing a lot of things, or you need two who are very specialized. Uh, and I think we've seen a lot of teams that are surprisingly going for the one tank route so far. But uh, yeah, maybe that still changes. The off season is still going on. Certainly, and I mean, like last year in Vancouver, I mean, False was the the one tank mm-hmm. until Mir came in. Mir came in on the Doomfist, which wasn't unusual. We had seen Dante as the you know Don tank, um, <laughs> and and you know as sort of things changed, we saw some fluidity there with Vancouver. I think Mir actually played mm-hmm. more than at the end, yeah. uh, Doom, if I recall, near yeah. the end, right? So the the idea is that that flexibility sort of existed. But I mean, I remember when Justin had spoken to us, he's like, it was always DPS. DPS is the solution to everything. I need more of them and they can fill everything in. I think we it's always, a good found patchwork that quite interesting. solution. I think it's a good patchwork solution. Right? It's something that you can do uh, and that probably fixes a hole, but like the hole doesn't, it, it doesn't fix it. It's just like, like a patch of light mm-hmm. and there's still going to water, le- water still going to leak out through it. So if you, if you are okay with, um, just having a temporary solution then and at that point in the season i think it was not necessarily a bad one then that's uh that's a good way to go but um again for for us this year we want like to firmly establish uh that we trust players to either be good enough or develop into being good enough and um if again if we hadn't gotten punk i think we would have gotten two tanks just because it would have not been uh, it would have been more feasible i think to have uh, mm-hmm. two good tank players than having a third dps who might play some heroes or might not so yeah um, um sorry oh, go ahead jordan Sp- speaking of uh uh you know in air quotes patchwork solutions mm. um were you involved with the decision in bringing in dpay at all or was that already in the works before you came into the picture? How did, uh, did things look joined a long time before I did. Oh, was he was he before that? I think he, he joined like three months before I did. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't okay. have I didn't have any say in that. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Here's Jordan, you know, trying to pull out the juice, <laughs> create some drama. That's what we do. Um, looking at your roster, I mean, you've, you've told us that uh, you know Punk was the hey, we're bringing him in, and I think it's relatively high praise to say if he wasn't available we go for two um yeah when we look at dps obviously aspire has returned sugar-free is new and when the sugar-free announcement you know happened i think there was considerable pop within the the competitive scene um that oh my goodness you know vancouver uh, got sugar-free that's unreal (laughs) but you know talking about aspire like 
did you know early on, like, yeah, Aspire, we want to do everything we can to, to bring them back? Yeah. That, or was that, that was, a collaborative? That was completely my decision. decision before before I even brought in any any stuff. I talked to him very early and I wanted to uh, make sure that he's back on board because he was by far our best player last season. And I think he deserves mm-hmm. a spot in, in this team. And uh, he has proven himself over and over again on a on a very uh, underwhelming team last season that he is the one player who can make the difference. And um, I think thanks to him, we we won uh, all the games that we did. And if he wasn't here, then I don't know if, if we had won any games. So uh, I think he he definitely deserved it. And I'm happy that he agreed to stay here. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully it's a little bit easier on him this year. <laughs> yeah. The um, back line. You have Faith and Crimzo, um, you know, Crimzo being, you know, Canadian represented. But uh, was that a, a pairing? Because we, we often hear that, you know, the, the support pairs mm. are what are identified, whereas not to suggest that, you know, DPS is individual, but there seems to be a lot of, you know, coordination, especially in the 5v5 sense. Was that the pair you sort of had said, we need these two? Or did you just go in and say, I'd like the best of this and best of that? Uh, for me, they were not really a pair, no. We we looked at uh, our options, and um, I think Faith is like one of the most undervalued main supports in the league, if not the most undervalued main supports. And it's easy to undervalue main support because you don't... You can't ever appreciate the speed boosting of a Lucille uh, or anything mm-hmm. like that. So uh, it's it's very easy to to overlook that. And um, I, I was very happy that uh, Boston didn't want to renegotiate his deal. So um, uh, he was he, he was like a a very happy solution for us to to in the main support role. But um, him and Crimson were never like a pairing that we looked at. Um, when Crimson also got available, that was uh, it was very nice for us as well because uh, I think he's probably for the last few years been the best Western flex support. Uh, you can argue that maybe UV uh, took that wall last year. I still think that Crimson was a little bit better, um, mm-hmm. and I think having him on the team, hopefully, uh, he'll be able to finally be in a team where they are also uh, getting results because I think that's the one thing that he lost out on even though he's been on uh, Houston in the past but even then I think that season didn't go as well that year but yeah I think he's yeah. been one of the uh, he has been the best Western flex support so um, like individually we wanted both of them and that they played together before is, mm-hmm. is like nice as well <laughs> I don't know if you saw there was someone on uh, Reddit that put together uh, the fact that Crimzo goes to teams that win the, oh, yeah, I saw that. the following season. So, I mean, Vancouver Titans fans, you should be excited for this season, but boy, 2024 is going to be something. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, I, 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 that was that was an interesting fact that someone found out. I didn't I didn't know that as either. So. Uh, I mean, I hope that I hope we don't have to get rid of Crimson to have a good year. I hope that this year is going to be a good one. Let's um, let's get both, you know, right? this year <laughs> yeah. and next. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, using it as a segue, I mean, is the the target let's win the the grand final, or is it um, you know maybe more modest, saying we want to be competitive throughout the season? Uh, you know, there. I, I think back to the the Titans inaugural season. 
they were dominant, but word has it, the target was not to be dominant. It was just to be competitive. And unfortunately, the direction that the team has has gone has been probably not the direction anyone had wanted. So coming into this season, you know, what's your goal? Um, well, we want to make sure that we don't set any strict expectations like that that we give to the players because I think everyone on this team has a certain expectation of what we want to achieve. I think uh, mm-hmm. for me personally, I would love to to go to playoffs. I think everyone in this team would love to go to playoffs, but we want to make sure that like uh, we don't like have like the strict goal or oh, we have to we have to achieve this, we have to achieve that because I don't think that would help us i think uh mm-hmm. everyone individually having kind of a goal in mind is uh is good enough to put pressure on on ourselves and um we'll just see and take it game by game we'll see uh first of all what our schedule looks like and then um how uh how we can compete in that this year is going to be very difficult of course with so much talent coming to na uh, but mm-hmm. still we would we would all love to go to playoffs, and I think if we can do that, it would be great. But um, yeah, again, we'll see. We'll see how uh, the season treats us, and I think we obviously don't want to be where we were last year. And again, mm-hmm. I, that's something that is very obvious. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're not gonna be like, oh, we have to be like top four, or otherwise you all get cut. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Are there teams out there that? that set targets like that. Like we, we've heard that that might happen. I know, you know, in, in talking to, to Adam Adam with, you know, or Dr. Mita Toronto defiant, he is often referred to a two year plan. Mm. And <laughs> each time he joins us, we ask him, well, if it was a two year plan, why did everything change <laughs> between years one and two? Like, well, we had to sort of reset and restart, but you know, are there teams out there that I don't, I don't know if teams do that. I mean, uh, it's possible for me personally, when I went into, into this off season, I just wanted to, like for me, it was always like uh, I, I would like to revitalize this franchise, like just just mm-hmm. get it back to not not like first place or anything, because <laughs> I don't think that's that's feasible with the budget we have. But get to somewhere where uh, it makes sense for us to be with with what we have. Just be competitive in yeah. our uh, in our pool of of budget that and players that we can afford. And um, for me personally, I went into this offseason thinking that I would like to like add a couple of good pieces to Aspire, who's already an amazing piece, and hopefully build from there for 2024. Uh, now, like thankfully, we got a lot of really good pieces, in my opinion, for for this season already. So um, we'll see how far we can go this year. And I don't mm-hmm. know if there's any other teams that like set strict expectations like that, but uh, I think. For us, we'll, we'll see how the season goes and, um, we always want to be better than last year. So, um, if we, yeah, if we are going to be good this year, then hopefully we're going to be better next year, but we'll see. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, are there any teams that you'd like to beat? Like, I would presume you want to, <laughs> you want to be competitive and you want to beat them all, but is there any team you're out there like, yeah, I, I want that W a little bit more than maybe others? I mean, always Toronto. <laughs> I would well, lie. Yes, I would lie. That's Toronto. a good answer. But always Toronto, just uh, for once, because it's, uh, it's like the Canadian rivalry, right? And then also, mm-hmm. I, uh, I was there before. I, I wasn't that going the most, like, uh, ideal manner for my position. Uh, I, I was a bit, 
hours of it. Um, yeah, sad about that. So, uh, of course, when whenever we face them, I would love to beat them more than any other team. Uh, funnily enough, like uh, I think we we beat Toronto last year in one of our last games, and that was like the big thing that our <laughs> boss like said in like the whole, all company meeting. Oh yeah, the the Overwatch team by the way that beat Toronto, so <laughs> good on them. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's always a it's always a big company thing because it's like the Canucks the Maple Leafs, right? the, mm-hmm. yeah, the exactly. Seattle Surgers, Toronto Ultra. Whenever mm-hmm. we beat Toronto, then it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. It's like we had asked this question of Justin two years in a row, <laughs> yeah. and he, he had identified a Boston both times. Oh, okay. Um, you know, last season when KDG joined us, we asked him, and he's like, uh, San Francisco. And <laughs> we almost had to prompt, but what about, you know, Vancouver, Toronto? Because, like, in, in Canada – Vancouver, Toronto, or really it's mm-hmm. wherever you are versus Toronto is, yes. is the thing. It is a, that is the Canadian regional rivalry that sort of is top of, uh, of the list. And I remember a conversation we had had with, with Adam when he first joined our podcast. Uh, he had told us, no, I've, I've let it be known. We beat Vancouver. We, <laughs> we do not lose to Vancouver. We beat Vancouver. That is, it's on the board. Like he's like, I'll take, I'll share a picture. I don't know if it actually was because he never did. <laughs> So it was, it was really interesting to hear, you know, someone, and in fairness to Justin and KDG, neither one of them, one was, was Canadian. Sure, yeah. They were coming into the region. They didn't have that influence. And, and obviously to them, it's like, well, yeah, there's rivalries. There's this team or that team without really understanding that dynamic. So it's good to hear. <laughs> it's good to hear that Toronto is the, the team that you, you'd like that W a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> now, if I can yeah. jump in there for a sec, a uh, bit of a tangent here, but, uh, I listened to another interview with you today, um, and you actually mentioned the NHL a couple times. And since Chris brought up, you know, the Canucks and the Maple Leafs, I'm curious: do you do you cheer for the Canucks, or are I, you uh, are you exploring your options still? <laughs> I mean, I cheer for them as like a, an employee, right? Okay. I, I I usually I actually uh, find myself watching a lot of their games, uh, which yeah. is I'm I was never really an NHL fan. I'm a sports fan mm-hmm. in general. I, I always yeah. like sports mm-hmm. and competition, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, just working here, I've uh, kind of gone to at least cheer for them. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily the most competitive team to cheer for this year, but uh, you know, throw more dirt on them. Hopefully, that's going to change in the next couple of years. Fair enough. Yeah. The uh, the roster are they in in town yet? I think I've seen pictures of others, but is is Vancouver everyone already here? Uh, no, we're coming soon uh, next week. Thanks. Okay, uh, so like Punk won't get to experience uh, the snow. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know his feeling, but his dad has no, made it very like, clear. They, they've been messaging me every day with the fucking weather report. So like, <laughs> I've been like, it's gonna get better. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah. of course, hopefully that the, the snow is gone by, by the time they're gonna, they're gonna all land here and hopefully we're gonna be above zero again. Um, but, but yeah, uh, let's hope the polar vortex or whatever it's called right now is gonna be over by then. Yeah. No, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'd like to say I'm sure it will be. I know <laughs> nothing about the way the weather patterns are anymore, but as a, as a long time Vancouver resident, the risk of snow end of February had always sort of been there, but the difference was it was raining one way or the other. Yeah. It's just whether it was cold enough to snow. Yeah, so yeah. it was wet. Um, talking a little bit about uh, a few other things. Um, 
I'm going to promote you to the head of the Overwatch League. Sean Miller, he won the lottery. He's going into early retirement. You have been promoted. Uh, is there anything that you would, would do differently or you'd look to implement for 2023 or beyond as now the, the head of the, uh, the league? Uh, I mean, first of all, I want to say that I, I really, I can appreciate all the work they do because, um, I bet that like every person that is working for the Overwatch League is like under a lot of restrictions and constraints from, uh, kind of what they are given to work with, uh, from whatever, whoever their boss is, even Sean Miller probably has his restrictions. Mm-hmm. So I bet there's certain things that he can't do and, um, certain things he can do and can't do. So I, like it's, it's, it's always, it's always easy to kind of jump on them and be like, oh, I would, I would do this, I would do that. But you never know like what they actually are able to do in the, and usually in the constraints they have, they're doing an okay job mm-hmm. or a good job. Uh, but I mean, if I had, if I had like all possibilities on hand, then I would love this year to be similar to last in that we like have, uh, have more tournaments where, Hmm. Where teams would fly to and, um, the, especially like from a personal standpoint, I would obviously love to go to per- tournaments with the Vancouver Titans this year. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. but I think that's something that, that I would, I would explore if I, uh, if I was ahead of the league, if that's possible. Uh, it's always nice to have like fans from different regions engage. It's, it's usually mm-hmm. not necessarily the most financially uh, sound decision, but it's, it's a very, eh, money's no issue <laughs> here. The fact I could promote you means I can do it, <laughs> but it's, it's a very, it, it brings a lot of hype to the league. And I think it brings a lot of hype yeah. to, to players, teams, fans, like to everyone involved. And it's always like really fun to be on land. Uh, so I would do more land tournaments, maybe even do it like Call of Duty this year where they have like mm. six land tournaments, I think. Yeah. Uh, which is which is amazing from from that point of view because all their meaningful matches are played um, played on land. But um, yeah, again, I I don't know what they are working with. But other than that, I think uh, I wouldn't really change too much. That's like the the main thing where uh, more live events with fans uh, are always something I would go for. Yeah. Yeah, we had actually asked them specifically that question when you joined us like hey mm. are we going to see more more land events more tournaments and i mean the the springboard for us was what we saw happen in toronto with the summer showdown i mean that wasn't the only land event last season <laughs> mm-hmm. um but you know we had a, a vested interest and yeah. it was the first time we got to see both toronto and vancouver oh, yeah. you know together On in a in an event um not you know I, on stage because we kind of yeah. saw that that inaugural <laughs> season, but but I mean like in a in a showcase event, it was pretty cool to hear the the energy. Yeah, um, we had so a I, lot I, of I mean, I agree. I loved it for some reason as well. So that's nice. Yeah. The other Canadian. Yeah, the uh, I mean, I, completely off the rails because you know, this is what a podcast is all about. I'd ask Sean about this, but yeah. uh, do you think Toronto signed uh, Kalu simply because they knew they were getting a strong fan contingent? Because <laughs> Kalu seemed to have like like 20 people cheering for him alone in Toronto. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think uh, they they looked at <laughs> Kalu and everyone else on the team as like a package deal. They wanted to have this uh, like roster of previously like established well this this previous mm. team and kind of sign them all together and hope that the synergy yeah. is still in place. 
but that I didn't know that you had like twenty people cheering for him along. That is probably a yeah. Good it was uh, point. it was um uh, one of the he's active in in our Discord in the Vancouver Titans Discord. Uh, Samson. He's actually one of the mods there. He went to Toronto and he was uh, befriending Kalusha's family and friends. It's like a full on cheering wow. section. Obviously for him in the shock, like it was. Yeah. But it was it was just an interesting dynamic because it was a very noticeable group. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's good for him. Yeah. Um, I guess a few other questions to to drop your way before we uh, we call it a segment here. Um, outside of Overwatch, you know, what are your favorite games? <laughs> I honestly, I don't really play much games anymore. It's because like there's so much there's so much work that uh, I feel like the, the longer I've been working in esports and the more I work in esports, the less games I actually do play. <laughs> so right now, I I don't really play anything to be honest uh yeah <laughs> at all like uh, overwatch but mm-hmm. yeah other than that um i'd like to go outside and <laughs> uh enjoy my time doing other activities to be honest like last year i've been playing in the metro vancouver soccer league just because oh, okay. yeah, it's it's like nice physical activity reminds mm-hmm. me of home yeah all the irish people playing on teams <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's been many years since I was in the Metro Vancouver Soccer League, but uh, but uh, that was my sport growing up. I, I am a, I like to describe myself. I'm the rare Canadian that doesn't know how to skate. Um, <laughs> but growing up here in, in Vancouver, which I describe as like the tropical part of Canada, yeah. and I know you know relative to someone who might consider what are you talking about. Vancouver soccer is all year round because it doesn't rarely you know yes. freeze and snow. You go a little bit east, and it's arctic tundra from yes. here through to newfoundland so no actually i i when i found out that there was a soccer league here i was like damn i'm gonna join that for sure so uh, that's what i did i uh, it's it's really cool to see that there's like uh, an actual organized thing like that yeah um well is would you say that soccer is your your sport oh, definitely uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I grew up in germany everyone like we have like we have like 11 divisions of soccer mm-hmm. Uh, starting from like the the first league that is like all over the country, so I I think like if you if you've never played soccer and you're from Germany, then something something bad must have happened. To you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, talking to soccer, uh, the local team Vancouver Whitecaps season opener is this upcoming weekend, and oh. you know, spoiler alert, we're not talking to to Broy here on Tuesday. You're just hearing this episode in the future. Is that a an interest of yours to go and check that uh, that team out? Uh, I I like when I when I played in VMSL, like a lot of my teammates were always like watching games. I've I've never gone to a Whitecaps game actually, but I definitely mm-hmm. will at some point, one hundred percent. Especially if they make playoffs this year, that would be that would be insane. But uh, but yeah, I haven't yeah. gone so I far. That... I'll definitely probably yeah. go this year. Yeah, they actually, I think, have a, a couple German players oh. on the roster. Oh yeah, I think I saw they signed someone. Yeah, and then you have—I uh, mean, it's the other direction, but Alfonso Davies, yeah, yes. you know, Canadian superstar, he plays in uh, in Bayern, Bayern now. But um, I actually wanted to ask you a very serious question—one that has absolutely nothing to do with esports in its, you know totality but it's actually to do with the fact that you and your wife work together in the same organization what advice can you give our listeners uh esports or otherwise <laughs> on managing the relationship 
between home and work? Uh, well, that's a, that's a very <laughs> good question. I mean, for, for us, um, for us, I feel like it makes a lot of sense because we get along very well as people and, mm-hmm. uh, we've always gotten along very well. And so I think there was never any, like any friction to an extent that it would come up. And so far it hasn't. If there's something that I need to point out to her because, uh, because she's doing the correct things at work, then I do that. Same vice versa. If she feels like I'm not doing my job quickly, then she does it without harming our personal relationship just because we, I guess, I guess we have like the, the, the trust in each other that it isn't meant as like a personal attack. I, I think, I think it's probably similar to working with anyone else. Just that mm-hmm. as, as long as you trust someone, uh, you can be as harsh as you want, as long as you say it in a reasonable way and they will listen to you and to your kind of complaints and, uh, criticism. And, uh, I think that's funnily enough, that's something that we want to like establish this year in, in, in the Titans where we want to make sure that like there's a lot of trust between people, between the players, between the players and coaches, players and me, players and, uh, and Lena, um, to make sure that like if there is criticism, then we can bring it up without like trying to beat around the bush and without hurting each other's feelings. Because once there is trust established, then you can say, whatever you want as long as as long as you're not screaming at each other, at each other and it's not going to take be taken as a as an attack and uh yeah hopefully we are able to do that as well in the team this year as like me and my wife are doing it that's a great answer i mean i think at this point in time we can rebrand our podcast from not only being the preeminent canadian overwatch league podcast but slash relationship podcast <laughs> yeah, device like that definitely Awesome. Well, thanks again for, for joining us. And are there any final words that you'd like to, to share with our listeners? Uh, well, thank you for tuning in, of course. Um, it's been it's been fun. Uh, and hopefully we are able to uh, show a lot more this year for the, from the Vancouver Titans that you've been used to in the last few years. That's, uh, of course, the, the big hope and goal. And yeah. Thanks for cheering for us after all this time of drought. <laughs> and let's hope we come out of this as much as we come out of this weather crisis right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again. Uh, that was Baroy, the general manager for the Vancouver Titans. We're going to take ourselves a short break before we dive into the fray. Pretty fun conversation that we just had. With that was a Baroy. very fun conversation we had with Baroy. I think we both came out of that. And yeah. I mean, as soon as he dropped the call, I think we both kind of had stars in our eyes and went, that was a lot of fun. He was, he was really enjoyable. So, and you know, pulling the curtain back, there was also a conversation that happened after we stopped recording, which was equally as, <laughs> as, as engaging. Um, 
you know, I, I was going to uh, let it be known if 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 uh, Omni was here, uh, but Omni got himself called out. He that did. Was pretty cool. He did. He caught some shade. I wouldn't say he caught shade from Baroy, but Baroy was more than happy oh. to address uh, some concerns about the current roster, the Vancouver Titans, that uh, Omni had voiced pretty vocally uh, when the mm-hmm. roster was first announced. Um, and yeah, he, he he told us he was ready for it. He was uh, willing and he wanted, he actually said he wanted to have the conversation and uh, address some of the criticism. Yeah. Um, so he was a little bit surprised when, when neither of us brought it to the table. But of course, I mean, you know, I'll, although I did, you know, well, have a one foot in the door of agreeing with uh with omni uh i, I didn't want to fight that battle for him so <laughs> oh yeah no it's his fight and i mean we had joked how oh man this would be cool we should get you to join us like just yes. crash the next episode hey we've got a special caller here right. boom oh man like totally jerry springer <laughs> it i mean there's probably listeners here like who's jerry springer oh i he was the former mayor of the oh city of cleveland is that true which yeah, it's wow. true. He was the former mayor of the city of Cleveland before he became like some reality talk show. I don't I know say, what, what genre show you would call it. <laughs> He's the Jerry Springer right. genre. Like, uh, anyhow, no, nah, it's a really cool conversation. Uh, and, um, you know, we have been fortunate that we've had, um, you know, someone from the Titans join us, you know, each and every season. And, you know, Justin was a, a good conversation and, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've had, as I say, good conversations, but Bro- there was something about the conversation with Broy that was just that much better. And we do look forward to having him, uh, uh come back. He, you know, mm-hmm. said as much, he'd be more than willing to, to chat with us again. And, you know, I think that's, that's kind of nice to see because it shows at least me that you now have those within this this organization that mm-hmm. want to engage and connect with the community at mm-hmm. the community yeah. level. Yeah. Um I I mean the funny thing is I remember going into and you know rewinding a bit the the Justin interview um and I was I was unsure about mm-hmm. what it was going to be like. I had no interaction with Justin, you know, he's not super active on on Twitter. Um, I hadn't seen much of him around the league or anything like that. And I remember coming out of that interview and being really impressed and saying, you know, that was, that was great. I really enjoyed the conversation with him. Um, but there was something about, uh, talking to Baroy, kind of a new and refreshed attitude towards the, the organization and, uh, the team as a whole. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he, he's in a bit of a unique position coming in, at the time he did because he kind of inherited a system and, Mm -hmm. you know, just had to, you know, get to the end of the season with that. But now he's, you know, being given his shot, uh, along with, of course, Askoft as head coach, uh, to really build what they want to. Um, and it sounds like they're getting support from the org, which is obviously great to hear. And, uh, you know, the, the support, the support well overflows right now. So it was great. So what else has been going on in the rest of the uh, Overwatch League? Uh, well, the big news that uh, has uh, come out is that the parent subsidiary, or I mean parent company who is a subsidiary of another, the guard of the uh, Los Angeles Gladiators, uh, they have downsized significantly. Um, when I say downsized significantly, it's unclear as to how many people they let go, but... It is hard to determine if there's anyone else there to leave the lights on other than maybe the players and 
uh, for the gladiators and the gorillas themselves. In, uh, it was brutal based in, on what I've seen. doing a little bit of research on this, um, the rumors, and again, you know, obviously they're rumors because who knows, uh, but I believe the rumor is that aside from players and teams, they basically have a uh, content coordinator of some sort and a graphic designer of some sort left. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say literally down to two people, but it seems like it's basically down to two people um, in an effort to, you could say trim the fat, but I would rather say trim all the meat off the bones. Um, you know, there's those two people are little scraps hanging off and the bones are just the teams that are left, I guess. Yeah. Who are, you know, rumor has it likely mm-hmm. up for sale. And if they're not sold by end of season could be wound down. And, you know, I, we had spoken to uh, Sean Miller actually <laughs> hours yeah. before the news broke. Um, otherwise, I think this would have been a, a question that we would have looked to have tried mm-hmm. to ask him. Um, because I think the conversation yeah. we had was pertinent. We were talking about the possibility of relocation and what have you. What surprises me somewhat is here you have a team in, in the Gladiators who have had quite a bit of stability and you know relative success mm-hmm. in the league they've not been seen as a team who has been looking to you know take that belt and continue to tighten now the you know counter to this is that they were also owned by a subsidiary of Cronky Sports and Entertainment who happened to own quite a few traditional sports properties uh so you know not just in, in North America, like they own the Los Angeles Rams, the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Avalanche, the Colorado Rapids, the Colorado Mammoth, Arsenal football club. Wow. Um, and then they own a bunch of stadiums hmm. and uh, media. So like television and whatnot, like this is your traditional sports group, kind of like how, you know, the Vancouver Titans are owned by traditional sports Boston, and yeah. the Boston Uprising are owned by traditional Although, sports. Counter to that Boston now seemingly run by, uh, I believe it's oxygen esports, but anyways, yeah, and that's I think Kraft yeah. is actually pulled out of that to, the, to some respect, if not most. I, I I don't know the the financial side. Probably just as clear as who owns the Vancouver Titans. But um, with Cronky Sports and Entertainment being in the traditional sports space, traditional sports is built on a number of you know vectors: uh, TV money, uh, sponsorship activations, gate. And in esports, there's no gate. There's mm-hmm. no TV. You could say like streaming deal, but I don't think it's on the same level. So now you have marketing sponsorship activations. And as we know, uh, the Overwatch League has had some difficulty in that department. And I imagine while some teams have been able to make it a go, that's probably not been to the point that they had wanted to, you know, continue to, to tap into. And uh, hey, look at the economy as it is getting a little worried what's esports to you know cronky sports and entertainment probably dropping the hat. you know uh, a, a drain uh, you know that 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 pesky itch hmm. that's bothering that's you but the sad part is is that many people lost their job like with, with again no notice like there was there there was one person on twitter that had said that they had started like they had moved mm-hmm. to la Three days prior. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Very, very unfortunate. Um, and 
honestly just a massive failing in leadership uh, and management in terms of how it all went down. Um, obviously, if something like this was on the radar, they would have uh, been best to not hire those people, to not uproot people's lives and things like that, just to yank the rug out from underneath them. Um, obviously, not everyone was in the know, right? Uh, the people who did that hiring very likely had no idea this was coming and very likely lost their positions as well. Um, so obviously yeah. very sad to see this happen in the way that it did. Hopefully everyone lands on their feet. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, the esports bubble is bursting in many different avenues. Um, yeah. I mean, like you say, a drop in the hat comparative to, the uh, the other properties and, and areas that the organization was involved in. So really, you would hope that this is one of the ones that would, you know, stick it out, that would be a bastion of, of goodwill of, uh, you know, not this kind of thing happening. And obviously, that is not true. So yeah. the, you know, kicker here, though, I think is that it's just one more problem that the overwatch league needs to deal with like for it to succeed like to have the gladiator like to have the teams wind down where they, they just fold well that's, and, that's and to be good. fair we don't know that that is going to happen or a reality that could happen right the the league very very well may say something or may have some legal binding contract that says you cannot just do this when you know this season ends and going forward they say hey we're closing a shop maybe the league can extend their hand and be like sorry you can't do that actually and you have to stick around i don't know um well i i don't think they could force them to stick around but like i could see like um to use a traditional sports example uh in the canadian mm -hmm. football league which you know has seen its fair share of turbulent times uh, the league has in the past essentially um, taken right. control yes. of franchises, right? So uh, the Montreal yeah. Alouettes are currently under the control of the CFL um, because their previous owner um, couldn't mm -hmm. find a buyer and didn't have the wherewithal to, mm -hmm. to continue operations. Uh, so I would presume there would probably be some yeah. form of, you're right, mechanism to allow for that to happen, but you can't. Like, does the league then know, run a team in the sake that That's what I was just thinking it? was, wow, like, wouldn't that be interesting, you know? It feels like a conflict of interest, but at the same time, I mean, you know, assumedly they would assign a team, they would have a head coach and everything like that, and I don't know how the dollars would work, uh, but, you know, this is for mm -hmm. much brighter minds than mine, but, uh, yeah, who, who knows? Um, yeah. The... Um you know, interesting sort of caveat to how this season will also go is if at any point, you know, the gladiators were in need of a, another player, uh, like let's say a player were choose hmm. to retire, like, do they have any flexibility or are they, you know, completely hamstrung? I mean, this, from what I can gather based on what I have, I have read they're they're, for all intents and purposes, moving towards a, a an end point without any ability to do much more than what they have in now, front of them. On top of that, 
They also announced that Kai was joining the team from Atlanta. <laughs> Although. Yes. And which team was it that said plus one employee? Oh, uh, yeah, that was what? Who was it? There was a team that did that. And oh, the really? Got deleted. I didn't realize um, that. <laughs> yeah. One of the. Was it, a, was it the Spark? Oh, that's funny. Maybe? Like, I think, Overwatch yeah, I think it was the Spark. I think I saw it. Replied to it said plus yeah, one employee. That's yeah. a uh, good roast, that's for sure. But, but I mean, I don't know. I was I was just checking their roster. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a sticky situation to be in, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, it should also be noted, though, that that's not yet on the Overwatch know, League website. Getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Which, who know, you know, maybe the announcement was a scheduled tweet that went out. He's actually and... been laid off. <laughs> they actually tore up his contract while he was moving across. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, that'd be horrible. I mean, we're not. Yeah. We're, but... we're, we're joking because of how surreal it is. But that would, that mm-hmm. would just be horrible if that was actually. Well, I mean, hey, it wouldn't, wouldn't be the first uh, <sighs> Los Angeles team to pull the rug out from a team. No. Yeah, that's never happened. And then again, never. they're coming back. No, but, I mean, less of a rug, but you know. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, that's it. I think you know we had a pretty solid episode. Obviously, the conversation with Baroy uh, was a was a good one. Um, also, made this to be a longer mm-hmm. episode. But hey, even when you and I and uh, Omni, when he's here, uh, can find a way to talk about a whole lot of everything. We can get guests to do that just mm-hmm. the just the same. But uh, we will be back again, probably with another bonus episode uh, next week. And then we will likely have a regular episode the week after that. We are getting close to the start of an Overwatch League season. And when that uh, becomes clear, we'll then go to our regular weekly weekly cadence. Uh, I guess we should probably start talking about, you know, power. If the rankings, teams would though, announce their, we sort of yeah, if the wait. teams would announce their dang rosters, yeah. maybe we would just like every other Overwatch content creator, I'm sure is waiting for. Well, they have until the middle of March. Don't so. they have until literally the first game or the start of that? Well, to yeah. have the six, but as we heard yes, from Broy, you know, which, which is interesting. So, we had we had hoped to maybe get some clarity when we had spoken to, to Sean Miller about that, and we were we were advised that there wouldn't be any clarity mm-hmm. provided. And Baroy inadvertently answered it without us really asking that much. Yeah. yeah so, hey, I mean, it, I understand, uh, you know, sign anyone to a contract type idea, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, Bob from finance uh, can't wait till you to sub in as uh, you know main tank. Because you know someone's ill or something bad. Well, and again, to be fair, that's not what Baroy suggested. He simply said you can do things with no, you know, know player coaches and things like that. But anyways, yes. Yeah, I want. I wonder how that would work. Like because if you if you are on a contract, let's say I am a I'm a coach or I'm a team manager. Or I'm Bob from finance. I'm 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 under employee. I probably have some form of contract mm-hmm. already. To play in the league. I would have to also have a standard right, player contract and <laughs> such. Yeah. So I wonder how, yeah. how that works. Like does, does Bob from finance hmm. get a raise? It depends. Do they meet the minimum player contract right? already like, or <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. Or does he have to su- like, I mean, yeah. who knows? I mean, it's, it's just a, it's a weird scenario, but uh, you know, yeah, it may or may yep. not happen. 
in Vancouver and other teams. But uh, yeah, uh, one man watch point, obviously in the off weeks, go listen. I'm sure you all are already are, but if you're not, make sure you listen. Jordan talks to himself for an hour. And if you're interested, uh, check out the realm maintenance podcast who uh, were kind enough to invite me on. I had a great chat with uh, their host ease um, about overwatch, about world of Warcraft and the community. Um, and yeah, it was really fun being on the show. So definitely go check out the realm maintenance podcast as well. Man, look at you, bring you onto the show to co-host and all you're doing is promoting <laughs> other shows. What the heck? Setting man? something up here. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, any final words of wisdom for our listeners this week, uh, Jordan? No, I should have, I should have saved the plug for that. <laughs> So let's let's go with that. Listen to what I just said about two minutes ago. That's my advice. Oh man! Um, for for you listeners out there, I don't have. I was about to say his up. his face in the camera just lit up as I could see he pulled up the Google search results for yeah. best dad jokes. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm googling. I don't have one. I'm gotta find some something good here because you know I'm I'm not prepared. I. I yeah. was, uh, yeah, just been off my game this week. It's that's what sucks. Oh, well, I don't have a dad joke. That might be the joke. You itself. are the dad joke this week. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, why are elevator jokes so good? Because they go up and down. Close. They work <sighs> on many levels. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, can February March? I don't know if that needs a response or if that is the joke. <laughs> no, but oh April May. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Google to the win. Um, if you haven't joined our discord, RSP discord is a great place to hang out and have conversation. Uh, lately we've been talking a whole lot about chat GPT and everything it doesn't do right. Uh, you can uh, have that conversation yourself by joining at discord.io slash race poem. We are on all of the social media platforms that I can uh, be bothered to sign us up on at race And you can always go and check out our back catalog at race so on behalf of myself, Chris at Lightforce, Jordan at Sir Dr. JM, the host of the One Man Watchpoint podcast, and Missing in Action, hopefully back uh, next time, Omni at Omni Strife, catchphrase! Thank you.